here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. All right, let's get going here on the Dharmic Evolution. I'm glad you guys are back with me again, and you ladies, of course. So I want to talk about uh, end times, Indians, and Jesus today. What a combination. And uh, I will play for you at the end of this um, Indian Lake, which is uh, off the 175 Cherry Lane album. But listen, if you're digging the show, go over to dharmicevolution.com and please sign up on your favorite platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, or Overcast, or right there on the homepage. And this way, every Friday morning, the show comes right to your phone. How cool is that? End times, Indians and Jesus. What am I talking about? What is he talking about? So for the longest time, I felt that uh, the Indians, you know, they I know they had a connection with Jesus and probably not in the way that we traditionally know about Jesus as Christians and have um, the luxury of a very rich history of proof of his existence and what he did for us. But the Indians, I think, because they worshiped the land, which was, you know, they just appreciated nature in a way that has fallen by the wayside, tragically. And I always admired the the independent spirit, the bravery of the Indians and how they just made use of everything and they appreciated the great spirit. And it was the spirit of God. Um, I think they were very um, religious in their own way and probably taught us a thing or two about how to um, preserve oneself in all kinds of dire needs and dire straits, if you will. Like when the pilgrims came here, they were like starving. They didn't know what to do. And the Indians would almost like... The Indians were actually very compassionate towards them and taught them how to uh, exist, how to live in harsh climates and so forth. You know, they could go through like the most harsh winter out in Montana and knew how to, knew how to do it. And uh, these tenderfoots that came from Europe <laughs> didn't know how to do any of those things. So how did the Indians get here? I, I don't know. The, there was eight people after the Great Flood that la- landed on the, um, in the mountains of Ararat, Mount Ararat in, I think it's in Turkey, if I'm not mistaken. And how did those eight people, you know, or the one or two or however many, get over here onto this continent and begin population? It's an interesting thing. I'm saying this rhetorical. I'm asking it rhetorically, but, um, you know, it's something to ponder. But I just get the feeling that the Indians knew how to live in a way that had more quality um, of life than most people can ever imagine until we corrupted them. When I say we, I'm saying the collective European we, when we got here, to the United States, and little by little, slowly but surely, decimated all the tribes all across the country. And it's just a sad thing. Um, and now we look out at what is going on with all of the things that are happening 
in this country. And I'm feeling like there's a lot of mayhem. There's the pandemic. There's riots. There's uh, all kinds of things. And I want out. I don't want to be part of this. I don't know what the answer is. It's, um, you know, it's tragic to see that some man got murdered uh, under police protection. It was just really, really sickening. And um, that does not um, represent most of the police officers who are, you know, sworn to serve and protect. And uh, how this person ever got a badge, I'll, I'll never know. I'll just never know. But um, I think um, rioting and burning and destroying things, you know, just stealing ATM machines and lighting things on fire is certainly not the right approach. So I want out. I want to be um, in the mountains and I want to live in the time of the Indians with a more simplistic lifestyle no no social media you didn't need it back then <laughs> so this is my this is my wish is to go back in time but i can't when i was a kid in the 60s we used to play cowboys and indians and the cowboys always won they were the good guys right those indians you know shooting arrows and everything we had pistols and we could whip their butts and uh, isn't it amazing how um you know, television and movies like poisoned your mind as a youngster. And it took, you know, decades of looking at what the possibilities were and what it was really all about. I mean, can you imagine um, your home being invaded by strangers from like another world? It, it must have seemed like another world. Who are these people with the weird hats? And they've got guns and they've got this and they've got that. And coming into our land and just taking whatever they felt like taking and bringing disease, uh, diseases that were never heard of or never experienced before into this uh, beautiful land. So I'm going down this path today because I feel like uh, the Native Americans had something special going on. They didn't have uh, the Bible. They didn't have any of the tools and support systems and this litany of historical reference and anything to really follow. So they, how did they do it? They did it all by way of the Holy Spirit. It's like if you, if you uh, acknowledge that there's a greater power that provided all of these things for you and you live in this beautiful country and um, you just know that you have an appreciation for something much bigger. You didn't call it God or Jesus or, or whatever they called it. Uh, their faith was their faith. So I was just surfing around here, and I dug up something from Church and Society, the United Methodist Church. This is pretty interesting. Uh, for hundreds of years, Native Americans, Native Alaskans, and Native Hawaiians, compelled by the gospel, have chosen to become disciples of Jesus Christ. In doing so, we have affirmed with the voices of the saints that all that is necessary for salvation, relationship with God, and our brothers and sisters is contained in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We bear witness to the mercy of God through our faith, continu continuing in discipleship and ministry. Government and religions, I'm sorry, government and religious institutions intentionally destroyed many of our traditional cultures and belief systems. 
To assimilate our peoples into mainstream cultures as children, many of our ancestors were forcibly removed to boarding schools, often operated by religious institutions, including historical Methodism. Historically, native peoples have been targets by those seeking land and other natural resources. Genocide became a tool of greed and a response to fear. While attempting to erase native people from existence, traditional cultures also fell victim to acts of genocide. As native Christians, we affirm for the church and ourselves that many elements of our traditions and cultures are consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teachings of the church. We affirm that the Holy Spirit is faithful in guiding us in holy living within our cultures and the broader culture. We recognize that just as in the broader culture, not all expressions of traditional cultures are appropriate for all believers. God is faithful in leading us to acceptable worship and continued growth in race as tribal people. We further affirm that our identity as native or tribal persons is pleasing to our Creator and vital to the body of Christ. So that kind of underscores what, what I've been thinking for a long time is that you know, the Native Americans had a strong connection to God. How could they not? How could they not? I mean, they were, uh, a, a lot of them were peace-loving. There were warring tribes, just like there's warring everybody. Um, there's, you know, there's all kinds in the world. Um, there are good people and there are bad people. But on, a, on the whole, some of these cultures that were, really very, very developed as far as uh, spiritually developed, um, they recognized that there was some divine power that they appreciated and looked towards for, for guidance. So just to finish this article up, we affirm for each other that our languages, cultures, identities, and many traditions are pleasing to God and have the potential to refresh the church and offer hope to the world. To be less is to be other than what God is asking us to be in our time. We further believe that many of our native traditions affirm the presence of God, our need for right relationship with our Creator and the world around us, and a call for holy living. But through corporate and personal conviction, our people individually and tribally are led by the Spirit of God to a greater awareness of God. Traditional beliefs, consistent with the gospel and the historic witness of the church, should not be understood as contrary to our beliefs as native Christians. Furthermore, the testimony of historic and contemporary native Christians should be counted in the historic witness of the church. Whereas we believe that God's creating presence speaks to us through our languages and cultures, and that such testimony is vital to the ongoing work of the church among our people, and whereas many native traditions were erroneously feared rather than understood as vehicles for the grace of God, and whereas such fears have resulted in persecution of traditional native peoples and native Christians, and whereas many traditions have been misinterpreted as sin rather than varying cultural expressions leading to a deeper understanding of our Creator. Therefore, be it resolved that the General Conference of the United Methodist Church affirms the sacredness of Native people, their languages, their cultures, and their gifts to the Church and the world. 
Be it further resolved that we believe in the faithful leadership of the Holy Spirit in assisting us as individuals and communities in the preservation of those cultures and the continuation of their faith, that just as there are many parts of the body of Christ, there are many native traditions, languages, customs, and expressions of faith that in the best of native traditions, the church, and the spirit of ecumenism, we allow for the work of the Spirit of God among our communities and tribes without prejudice. Therefore, be it further resolved that being justified by faith, we will honor as sacred those practices that call us back to the sacredness of native people, affirm as beautiful their identity among the world's peoples, lead us into right relationship with our Creator, creation, and those around us, and call us into holy living. We call upon the world, the Church, the United Methodist Church, and the people of the United Methodist Church to receive the gifts of native people as people of God. And uh, I'm not um, of the United Methodist Church, but I thought this was so, you know, really, really well done, this article. And so why am I all hung up on the, the Indian and uh, their relationship with God? It's something I puzzled about for a long, long time, and I always felt that there's no way that God could create such a magnificent culture of people um, that so revered the land and were just so uh, a part of everything they did. They were so spiritually connected. Um, it, it can't be that he's just going to forget about this particular, you know, swath of time and this particular um, uh, bunch of people that were not privy to the teachings of Christ. It, you know, the Holy Spirit is still there. It's forever. And the Lord is, is with us forever. And especially in times like this, uh, if you're not thinking about investing in your spiritual life, you'd better get busy. Because if ever there were a signs of end times, um, we're a hell of a lot closer to it than we were 50 years ago or even 20 years ago or even 10 years ago or even five years ago. Um, do you get what I'm saying? There, we don't have much time left. So if you think that this bus stop that we're on, this is it, you know, this is this, we have this life and that's it. No, I think Einstein said it best when he said, Energy can neither be created nor destroyed, only transformed. So when God creates a life, don't think you just lie in the ground and you're dead when it's over and that's it. It's just the beginning. So what happens to that life um, after you leave this planet? You have a lot of say-so in what happens. So all I'm saying is get it together and start thinking about what your spiritual life is going to look like when you leave here. So I want to just wrap it up by playing a song called Indian Lake. And um, again, the Indians, um, they were connected to their spiritual life. And if you're not, if you think it's all about getting things of this world, it's a short little bus stop, and we're almost at the end. So um, I would I would just counsel you and plead with you to um, do something for your spiritual life and ask the Lord for guidance. 
And you don't have because you don't ask. <laughs> that's what Jesus says. And uh, that's it for me today. It's just a short wrap. I wanted to just feature um, Indian Lake because this was off the 175 Cherry Lane album that I did way back in 2009, 2010. And um, it was things that I just produced on myself. There was like 12 songs, I think. And um, it's one that um, I guess the Adirondacks and the Indians, and if, if you've ever been to the Adirondacks in New York State, um, it is a breathtaker. It's simply gorgeous up there. And there's this place right in the heart of it called Indian Lake. So if you ever get a chance, it's pretty awesome. Hey, um, don't forget to go over to dharmicevolution.com and check out all of the content we have on that site. Singers, songwriters, authors, speakers, thought leaders. There's videos, there's um, songs, there's blogs on everybody on there. And of course, uh, Facebook community page, Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. Go there and you can uh, do kind of the same thing there, but you can put your content up there. Isn't that cool? Let people from around the world support you. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but right now, it's time for Indian Lake. Cool. so pure and deep it still amazes me each sunset is just like the very first one that I've ever seen oh, Indian Lake fills a space that cascades through my mind timeless and captive
Where no one measures time Stop 